I am absolutely thrilled to be speaking to Fabienne Jacquet. She's the founder and the CEO of Innovive, which is a consultancy whose mission it is to transform innovation by embracing feminine energy. Uh, Fabienne has come to this consultancy by way of several Fortune 500 companies. Her knowledge and excitement about this work is fueled by her decades of experience, both as an innovation director at Colgate Palmolive and her work at International Flavors and Fragrances. She's been an organic chemist doing research, a marketer, and for years she's had experience in innovation, which is a total passion of hers. Uh, but she, she noticed that there was something missing, um, the feminine lens. And she also was very aware that by integrating it and considering some of the more feminine qualities in corporate life, it could not only enhance the pleasure and experience of people working in companies, but could lead to tremendous profitability. And that's what's so fascinating about her. Fabienne is also the author of a, of a, of a wonderful book called Venus Genius, um, which is the female prescription for innovation. And it was published last December in 2020. And it's centered around the theme of innovation through the feminine lens. She's also running some fascinating workshops for teenagers, which I'm hoping she'll get to tell us about. So with no further ado, uh, Fabienne, welcome. It's just Thank a, you. really a pleasure to have you here. I'm, I'm so excited about the, the new company that you have. And, um, you know, can you maybe share with us a little about why you felt compelled to leave corporate life and start your own consultancy? I'm very grateful for you to have invited me and for being here with you to share my passion. This is always a pleasure. And I'm also grateful to my 31 years of corporate life because, you know, I got the best training, had the opportunity to discover the world. It was a fantastic experience. And, you know, as you may lead to, I am somebody who not only welcomes challenges, but is looking for challenges. So you said that I was, um, I, I'm a scientist, I'm a, I'm a chemist. I moved to marketing because I wanted to understand what was happening in the consumer's mind, you know, understanding what was happening between the molecules in a beaker. How does that affect the way people choose the product? Now, this was what, what was driving me, but also, being French, but wanting to discover the world. And I was fascinated by the US. I was five years old and I say, one day I will go to America. And everybody was laughing at me because nobody took the plane in my family. I say, yeah, sure. But yes, I, I, I knew I wanted to go to America. And here I am now an American citizen and happy to be here. So it's an, a very interesting life of challenging and discovering and not going into a straight line because Innovation is about that. It's about taking, you know, a lot of roads and you don't know where you will go and suddenly boom, it comes to you. So actually I describe in the book how Innovive, the name came to me in a dream. Actually I woke up at 2 a.m. and say, Innovive. And my husband is like, what the is that? I said, this is my new company. It's innovation, the feminist. Said, where does it come from? I said, I don't know. It just, you know, came to me. However, as I um, describe in the book, intuition, is not like this haha moment, like a booty apple falls and no. It really intuition or our instinct or whatever we feel we should do 
comes from very deep. It comes from a lot of information, a lot of work have done before, which is sitting in our brains. And then our brains, which is fantastic, that's the connecting job, you know, the connecting job of the, all the dots and comes up with new ideas and new solutions. And this is how Inudip was born. And, and you're basically going into companies and really helping them integrate something they might not have even considered before, which is the classic feminine attributes, such as intuition, collaboration, empathy. Is that, is that correct? It is totally correct because the world has been driven by masculine energy, slowly changing, but it's still the case, okay? And it's not pointing fingers, it's a fact. And we need to rebalance. We need to, re re to rebalance this wonderful masculine energy, which is into doing and KPIs and measures and structure and decision-making, which is good. But we have really to mix it with all the more feminine energy, which is based on intuition, on empathy, on collaboration, or what we call the soft skills that are not soft at all, but are extremely powerful. So my really I'm pleased that we need to reconnect and rebalance, that's it. We need both. And the world and innovation has been driven by the masculine energy, which means that when we have an idea, we jump to solutions. Okay, let's do it. And then we have so many things we don't need. So many products or solutions that are not really meaningful. So if we spend more time in what we call the front end of innovation, where we understand better the needs, where we, we have diversity to look at ideas, look at a program, um, a problem under a different lens, and just you know, brainstorm and have ideas and then decide using our intuition what the best idea is and prototype all together all the functions. This leads to solutions that are more sustainable and more meaningful to the consumers because we know we understand what they, um, what they really want. And empathy doesn't stop to the consumer and the people. Empathy should start with mother nature. What do we do today? We, do, we design big products, wonderful products with all the beautiful attributes. And then we say, okay, now we'll have, to, um, to, we'll have a problem because it doesn't respect the environment. We'll have to fix it. Why don't we create products and services that do respect and have empathy for mother nature from the get-go? That way, we will have solutions that are naturally sustainable. I mean, can you give an example from your many years in, in various corporations and, and other environments where a problem classically male driven or you know, innovation was pursued without incorporating a more feminine lens and maybe how it might've differed if they had? It was early in my career and I was very excited because I was working on the dish liquid category, which for some people say, this is boring. This is very interesting because <laughs> it's a product we use every day, but we're not going to make your life better and definitely your household cleaner. And so I had um, a project and I was in charge of developing a new dish liquid and it was for the Hispanic market. And I was so excited. So I started to put a team together and said, okay, this is what we have to do. have to understand better. Da, da, da collaborating with all the functions and so on. And one day the big boss uh, who happened to be a guy, he just burst into the room where we were brainstorming. He said, oh, um, this morning in the shower, I had this, I, and this idea about the dish liquid. It should be that, this would be the concept. 
And so it was the big boss, so we did it. And it was just another line extension. It was not something that really changed the world, uh, even if a dish liquid <laughs> really changed the world. But he really did what we shouldn't do in innovation. He went from the idea to the execution right away. Uh-huh. Instead of saying, okay, I have this idea. Now let's test it with consumers. Let's talk to them. Is it a good idea? Can we make it better and so on? You see what I mean? So instead of spending time or trying to refine it, oh, okay, we have this idea. Is it a good one? Let's do it. This is the masculine energy. Again, it's positive energy, but it should be used at the right time, at the right step in the innovation process. So it's just balancing and reorganizing both the masculine and the feminine all along the innovation process to make sure that we get things that an idea is a good idea, but also is brought to market because creativity is good, but creativity without bringing to market is not innovation. And and you talk a lot in your book about um, using your heart to sort of, as the first step, engaging a, a product's efficacy or interest. Uh, maybe you could speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, again, the experience in the corporate world is that a lot of times we design products or services with the perfect features. You have everything, all the benefits that the consumers want, and they're very good products. And then at the end, we say, hmm, now let's put some emotions into this product by you know, using advertising and talking to people's emotions. But if you do not create the product from the very beginning with your own emotions, it doesn't work. It's not authentic. So yeah. using the emotions to convey, you know, the, 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 the benefits of the product from the very beginning and, and, and doing that, um, I don't know if you, you were in some groups where I had all the functions, they were all working together and you, you could feel the passion for the product. And then when we were back into um, our regular work after four days of, uh, of brainstorming around this product, I remember the scientists, when the marketer wanted to change something, so much passion, I said, no, 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 no. This is not what we decide. This is what we felt as a group was good to, to do. So we should stick to that. So when you, again, create from the emotion, the collective emotions, this is very powerful. And, you know, science backs up that because 80% of the consumer's decisions are made from the emotions. You know, the iPhone, this is not the technology. Other phones may be better, but Steve Jobs, all the brand, the coolness of the brand, the design, everything he put into this brand and the, the, the connecting the dots, again, the intuition of having all these services in one little object like that. This is brilliant. This is innovation. And this is what attracts consumers, not only technology of the features. It's fascinating. You know, I, I work as a, as a story strategist. I help companies um, find their story. And I always say that the big that my clients make when they're making a presentation is they always ask, what are the most important facts that we need to deliver? Who is our audience? And I always say the first place you start isn't with any of that, but you say, what moves me, the teller? And there is some neuroscience to suggest that what activates you emotionally will in turn activate your audience. Um, and I think you know this that. This is exactly the point. This is exactly what I mean. But, you know, for storytelling, it's a short process, but for innovation, it can take months. And how to sustain this emotional, um, you know, turmoil and there's all this emotional passion around a product and or a service. This is what the, where the magic 
um, stays there. But but I'm curious. I mean, even though it seems very obvious to me, um, do you do you get pushback from the largely male dominated world still? Yes, yes, of course. But it, this is expected because when you come against something which is established, like innovation should be like that, is processes and so on, and not just challenging things, you get pushback. But I think I plant seeds and people think about it, and then you prove to them. I prove to them that it works. So if you have the proof it works, you know, people are not stupid. They are really like very logical. Is what I say in my feminine formula for successful innovation you know i have this chemist i had to do that so i have my little formula in the book i have empathy nurturing inclusivity intuition catalyzed by collaboration brings you a heart which is innovation that emotionally resonates with consumers and the dollar sign because it does bring money because to your point when people connect emotionally they buy the product you start many of your talks with a very very chilling two words, 20 trillion. Can you kind of elaborate on that a bit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the size of the female economy. You know, people think sometimes of women like a niche market. It's an afterthought. We develop things for men and then we're shrinking and pink it for women. However, we are more than 50% of the world and we are 85% of the consumer spending because we also spend for the household and for other people in the family. So women spend a lot of money. However, again, everything is designed by men who think for them. And as I know you have read the book, I have almost a chapter on high heels. And this is fascinating. Because high heels and still today, some designers say that they design shoes for women for the men's gaze, because these are the people who will look and have you know, pleasure looking at women walking on this. And I'm just like, can you just think of women trying to walk comfortably? Yes, look sexy and attractive because this is what we want to do, but still be able to walk <laughs> without going, you know, ending up in the emergency room or having foot surgery as I had after so many years of high heels. So again, you know, it's really thinking what is the final consumer and here the women's real needs. And again, everything has been designed by men thinking that they know women and some men do some others don't <laughs> yeah i mean my there is an untapped opportunity this is the point there is really an untapped opportunity and a lot of what is very warm to my heart is that a lot of women entrepreneurs and also men and, and young people get that they get that i really have to to tackle that market a different way and they do it you have a lot of a more inclusive way of designing products and services uh, for women which is fantastic have you seen a big change to in that direction since you started in the field oh yes no definitely and again i think that the corporations because they are big ships are slower to change and adapt but the startups, all this new economy, uh, all this new, um, also the sharing economy, the fact the environment now that is becoming of something of concern for a lot of people. So I think the young generation gets that. They also gets more, get more the uh, gender fluidity, the fact that you have to design for people, not for you know uh, a stereotype. So I think it's evolving a lot. And I really believe in the young generation, the startup, in the women entrepreneurs, the diversity there a lot of hope. 
Um, I had a kind of scientific question for you because um, in your book, you point out that as you culturally start to change behavior, then the brain starts to change too. So that as men participate in these more empathic or um, inclusive or, you know, quote, feminine traits, they, they organically, their brains organically start to change. But, uh, and, and that has been proven. Um, they've shown now that male home givers, you know, people who become the primary caregiver while their wives are working, they start producing more oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. So we know this is a fact, but what I started to wonder about is, won't the same be true for women as they start to participate more and more at in the corporate world? Will they start to integrate some more masculine traits, such as, you know, maybe more aggressive or more competitive traits? I'm curious about that. Well, absolutely, you are right. Because the brain, yes, we have differences in the brain, but between men and women, we're more similar than we are different. You have, to your point, some differences, hormones, testosterone, oxytocin. You know, the control, the uh, sexual drive and so on of the testosterone and the bonding, you know, the cuddling hormone of oxytocin. So we have different, um, different levels and it happens that men are more on the testosterone and women have more of the oxytocin that we have uh, different um, ways of, you know, connecting the two sides of the brains and women have more abilities to talk. We use more words, we are more into emotions and communicating. However, however, this is just a small part. It is statistically different, but it's a small part. What is extremely important is the upbringing. I tell in the book how I was born between two brothers and I was a scientist and I was like so masculine that I had trouble reconnecting to my feminine and it took people around me work on me and my husband to bring me back to this balance of masculine and feminine. So the environment is very important, but the good news is the brain plasticity. Our brains are fantastic, which is a good thing as we, um, as we age. So. There is a lot of hope that anybody can acquire any skills, but you have to work on it. it. It doesn't happen like that. You know, you have really to be motivated and to work on it. But yes, we can rewire our brains. So, so this leads me to the, to, the, to the final question in our interview, which is this fascinating video course that you're offering, not to the grown-up world, but to adolescents, to teenagers called Smart Rebel, How to Innovate Your Future. I'm so interested in this. How did this come to you? And what is it? Actually, it will be available in 2022, okay, next year. I just, I just started to produce the, the, the first episodes now. It was very interesting because last December, as you mentioned, I, I published my book. And some friends told me, you know what? I bought your book, but I cannot read it. I said, why? Say because my teenage daughter took it from me and I cannot get it back. And I was like, hmm. So I interviewed the, the kids. And they told me, you know what, Fabian, I was expecting another boring business book, but you talk about your, yourself, you talk about your experience, you have anecdotes, it's easy to read, and nobody in school is teaching me innovation. And nobody talked to me about the power of the feminine because you know a lot of things you learn at school are based on the masculine energy again. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So, I decided I was about to create a video course based on the book and on my workshops, as you mentioned. And I said, you know what? Let's talk at teenagers. I must say it's courageous because I don't have kids and the teenage, <laughs> the teenage world is a, a very interesting one. But I love it. And I'm a rebel myself. 
and I could have turned bad, you know, that I had the values, I had the education, I had a lot of things for me, I was lucky. What I'm trying to do in the course is to tell them, you know, you are rebels, innovators are rebels, this is perfect. But let's try to change you from troublemakers to change makers. From this, you know, teenagers that destroy things or kill people or blah, blah, into people who change the world. This is the object. I know it's big. I know they will laugh at me, but I will plant the seeds because I'm totally convinced that innovation is at the, the front of our future world and the young people are the future. So if we don't help them innovate with the right tools, so I I teach them how to innovate their future, you know, bringing them to all the tools and so on along the, the episodes. So I'm very excited about it. I hope that it will be appreciated. I got good feedback from some teenagers already. We'll see, but it's a big project of mine for next year. So thank you for asking about that. Yeah, the tools, meaning the tools you developed in the corporate world or other tools? Oh, there are different tools. Yeah, some some tools, you know, I came across some tools I, I designed myself, some tools, you know, I just, just putting together a journey where they can start from nothing. And as I say, you start by innovating your future, then you can innovate anything. You can innovate a product, a service for other people, but start with yourself, try to innovate your life. So we're talking about their strengths, their passions, their concerns, their interests. We put all that together and they prototype something, you know, which is like a mission, a job, a hobby, or their life. Well, you know, um, in closing, I think many of us who aren't teenagers, we'd love to still innovate our lives. So do you have any, <laughs> you have any like little tips or tricks for how we can start start that process? Is there anything you can share with us in the grown-up world that we can think about as we try to rewrite our stories? I think the key, and this is what I say all along, don't try to mimic somebody else. I know that you have the influences, you have a lot of role models are good, but pick what is good in different role models and make it your own. Because what we have to do, I say, success is not fame or money. Success is having the courage to be who you truly are. And it's difficult because sometimes we don't like it, but we're unique. And we can bring this unique gift to the world. And this is what is expected if we all do that wow, we'll be richer together. But we need to recognize it first. So I give some tools, you know, to understand our strengths, our passions, our dreams. I'm sure people try to kill your dreams when you're a kid. huh? Uh-huh. But also that your dreams may not come to you the way you expect them to come to you. So let yourself be surprised. Oh, it's a long story, but <laughs> no, I want to, I, I give in the course uh, the example of a friend of mine I interviewed and she wanted to be an astronaut. And she did all the training and she was almost there, but she was not selected. She was so disappointed. But then the commercial business started to open in the space business and she's becoming a trainer for astronauts. So she will go to the space. So her real, her real um, passion was not to be an astronaut, was to go in space and she will go there. So in the, she explains in the video how you can come to a dream in a twisted way, but you have to understand your motivations. Why do you want to do that? Does it make sense? It makes such sense. And it, it really it speaks to what you spoke to earlier, which is start with what your own passions are. Ask yourself what moves you and then build out from there. And boy, is that a hard thing to do. And I'm so happy that you're starting to give us the courage to do that. So thank, thank you so you. much for this. I really wish you all the best with everything. It was really thank pleasure. you, Lisa. 
same to you and thank you for having me today thank you so much thank you for listening to the brand called you videocast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you